Okay, Hebrews chapter 11 this morning once again. Hebrews chapter 11. This chapter in your Bible called the Faith Hall of Fame, or maybe you've heard it referred to as the Roll Call of Faith. Saints from the Old Testament, men and women who demonstrated and exercised great faith in a great God. We focused last week on the importance of faith, how that faith is absolutely essential for salvation. But not only for salvation, it is essential now in the Christian life. The chapter begins with the phrase, now faith. If we're going to do what Hebrews says and go on to perfection and, and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, well, faith is going to be a necessary aspect of that process of spiritual development. We studied faith in the New Testament, how that faith is that which activates the grace of God in saving a sinner. The grace of God appears to all men, Titus 2.11, but all men are not saved. Why? Because all men do not exercise faith in Jesus Christ. But no one can point their finger at God and say, well, I didn't have the faith to be saved because Romans 12 says God has given the measure of faith to every man. So God gives every man faith. God gives every man grace, and those who take their faith and place it in Jesus Christ, now they have access to the grace of God that can save their soul. Romans chapter 5, remember the illustration of the, the power cord coming out of the keyboard and into the wall. We've, we, we've got the power necessary. We've got the electricity run to the outlet. The keyboard has this receptacle, and there is provided this way of access to the power that you need, but you've got to take that plug and stick it into the wall. That's your faith, all right? You've got to take the faith God has given you and place it in the proper source, the finished work of Jesus Christ that activates the grace of God and saves your soul. Then Colossians 2 says, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So it's the same concept is that which drives my spiritual life and my Christian life. We live by faith and walk by faith, but it's it's not our faith. It's the faith of the Son of God. You see, God gives everyone grace, and God gives every lost person faith that they need to get saved. They've got to exercise that faith. Same is true for the Christian. God gives you the faith you need to walk, to live, to please Him, but we still have this responsibility to exercise that faith. So let me give you a, a few notes quickly on faith in general, and then we want to work our way into verse number two this morning. Following with the importance of faith, here's what the Bible says faith does. I can email these to you. Don't worry about trying to jot them down this morning. Faith, the, the, these things in the New Testament happen by faith. You're purified by faith, Acts 15, 9. You're sanctified by faith, Acts 26, 18. You are given righteousness of God by faith, Romans 3, 22, Galatians 5, 5, Philippians 3, 9. You're justified by faith, Romans 3, 28 and 35, 1, Galatians 3, 24. You access God's grace by faith. You're born again by faith. You're indwelt by Christ by faith. Purified, sanctified, given righteousness, justified, access God's grace, born again, indwelt by Christ. Would you say that's important? And those are all things that relate to our salvation. But from that point on, the Bible says we live by faith. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, Habakkuk 2.4. We walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5.7. We stand by faith, Romans 11.20, 2 Corinthians 1.4. We please God by faith, Hebrews 11.6. 
So that's important. We live, we walk, we stand, we please God all by faith. There are some synonyms of faith in the New Testament. Words associated with faith. Words that describe faith. It is spoken of as belief in Matthew 8, Romans 3 and 4 and Galatians 2 and 3 and 1 Peter 1 and 1 John 5. It is spoken of as trust in Luke 18 and confidence in Ephesians 3 verse 12. Here are the antonyms of faith. The opposite of faith is fear, Matthew 8, or doubt, Matthew 14, or unbelief, Matthew 17. Works, Galatians 3, Romans 11, Ephesians 2. Sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, law, Galatians 3. Associated with faith in the New Testament are these terms, repentance, Acts 20, 21, grace, Romans 4, 16, love, 2 Timothy 1, 13, obedience, Romans 16, 26, hearing, Romans 10, 17, hope, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, joy, Philippians 1, 25, service, Philippians 2, 17, and works, James chapter 2. All right, so faith, an, an important concept, one we could study for quite a long time, but we need to press on and move on in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read verse number one again. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I mentioned last week, faith, faith is somewhat difficult to define the, the understanding the basic idea of faith is not difficult it's it's trust it's dependence it's confidence it's reliance it's taking god at his word but to try to try to nail down faith to a definition might be a little bit difficult in all honesty i have a hard time with with breaking down hebrews 11:1 1 and the meaning exactly as it's given in the passage Here's what I mean by that. Faith is, that, that's a definition term. If, if you're writing that mathematically, that would be an equal sign, right? So faith, in the verse, diagram this sentence, would you? Okay. Faith is substance. That's what it says. Faith is the substance. Got a prepositional faith, phrase describing that of things hoped for. Faith is substance. Faith is evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How is faith a substance? In what way can faith be equated to evidence? I pose those questions. I'm not here saying I've got the best answer to those Questions, But here's what I can do when I step back and take an overview of Hebrews chapter 11. The idea of the passage and of the meaning in verse 1, it becomes clear and unmistakable. In Hebrews 11, in every case, these men and these women were given some revelation from God. They had received some promise or some prophecy of a certain event. And what they did that got them into this chapter is that they based their actions in some type of confidence or trust in whatever it was that God had said. God told Noah there's going to be a, a flood. Noah believed that, and so he built an ark, right? Okay, so... So when the Bible says that faith is a substance, we think of substance, that's, that's physical matter. That's something that we can touch or taste or smell or sense in some way or another. But in Hebrews 11, faith, 
Faith, that's an abstract concept. That's not something that you take in by your senses. Faith is not something you can taste or t- touch or taste or see or smell. It's the substance of things hoped for in this sense. Faith mixed with the promise of God is what makes the promise a reality in your life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for in the sense that it makes the promises of God a reality in your life. Let me give you an example of that. In Romans 10, 13, we have this promise, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise from God. It is a true promise of God. And I can hear that promise and you can read that promise. We could all recite that promise together this morning, but until a person believes the promise enough to act on it, then they're lost and they'll never be saved. Okay? How many of you have taken that promise for what it says and claimed that promise and called on the Lord? Those are... If you have, you're saved. If you haven't, you're lost. So what made the promise a reality in your life is the moment you had enough faith to do what it said, right? So how is faith the subject of things hoped for? It's what makes the promise of God a reality in our lives. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. How is faith evidence? Well, the first definition of evidence is that which elucidates and enables the mind to see truth. We think of evidence as, okay, here's proof that Jacob committed the crime. (laughs) Sorry, Jacob. All right. We think of evidence as something that makes me believe something. And here's faith saying, I'm sorry, here's Hebrews 11 saying, faith is evidence. Okay, but we got to step back and take a more broad or general definition of the term evidence. Evidence is something that helps me see truth. And all through Hebrews 11, when these people trusted in the promise of God, the Bible says they were able to see things not physically, metaphorically, figuratively. They saw things that were unseen. Faith, faith. Helps me see truth. That's how faith is evidence. Evidence is something that enables the mind to see truth. And faith helps me see what is true. Look at verse number... uh, Look at verse number 27. Moses' example here. Verse number 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses couldn't see God. Moses didn't see, Moses could see Pharaoh. But Moses didn't fear Pharaoh, and he did fear God. Why? Because he had well-faced place in the well-placed faith in the God who had said, "I am bringing you out of Egypt," and that convinced him and enabled him to trust in the God he couldn't see instead of fearing the ruler that he could see. And and, and that example works all through the chapter. Faith helps me see what is 
truth. Don't you know people who criticize the Bible, who say the Bible is written by men, who say the Bible is full of contradictions. They've never read the entire things for themselves, but they're believing someone who told them that. All right, now, you can come to the Bible and you can read the Bible with a critical heart, with an unbelieving heart. And the Bible says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. But if you come to the Bible with faith, if you come to the Bible believing that it is God's revelation to you, if you come to the Bible believing its promises, you'll see things that you could not see otherwise. That is how faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, this is the thought we want to get to next week. It kind of fits in right here, but I'm going to, I'm going to set it aside and leave it until then. Faith is not the opposite of reason. Faith is not the opposite of reason. The kind of faith that God is asking us to live by is not blind faith. Faith doesn't make anything true. Faith helps me see what is already true. But the reason I can have faith to see that truth is because it is based on the proven character and the proven promises of God. I have faith, yes. I have to believe something I haven't seen, but I have good reason to do so. My faith in the Word of God is built upon credible evidence. It's not just a shot in the dark. It's not just a fairy tale or a mythology that I have chosen to believe so I can feel good inside. There is a body of evidence that supports and builds up this faith. Does it make sense? Okay. It is a faith that is built upon credible evidence. We'll get to that when we come to verse number three. But this morning, verse number two. Hebrews 11. And verse number two, the Bible says, for by it, by what? By faith, the elders obtained a good report. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Think about this. Moses' faith was based on all the times that God had already come through. Not just in his life, but in the history of the nation up until that point. Moses' faith was based on all the promises that God had already kept. It was based on all the amazing things that God had already done. So, again, there was, there was this evidence to support the faith. There was a reason to place faith in God and his word. And all these people in Hebrews 11, they went through unimaginable trials they believed in unbelievable promises, but it says, by it the elders obtained a good report. The reason we read their names and we study their records in Hebrews chapter 11 is because when they believed the promise of God, not one time did those promises ever fail. Not one time did any of these people ever regret the decision they made to take God at his word and base their actions on what God had said. 
Never once did the situation turn out differently than God had promised that it would. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Why are they in Hebrews 11? Because they trusted God. Why did they trust God? Because you can always trust God. What did they learn when they trusted God? That God can be trusted. And the record is given to us to, 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 to just emphasize and underscore and highlight the same lesson in our lives with whatever relation God has given to us, with whatever promise God has given us, whatever commandment God has given us. God can be trusted. And we have 6,000 years of human history to go on in making the decision that I am going to take God at his word. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. When we come to chapter 12, look there quickly, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. I believe the saints from Hebrews 11 and others like them are the cloud of witnesses referred to in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now, here's the typical teaching, and, and, and we might go into Hebrews 12 and cover it verse by verse just like Hebrews 11. Here's the typical teaching. That these people are up in the grandstands of heaven, watching, looking down on us and watching from their bleachers in the sky and cheering us on as we run the Christian race. That's, that, that's, I, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't really see that. Every time I get a glimpse of heaven in the Bible, nobody's sitting in bleachers. They're all surrounding the throne. And nobody's looking at us. They're all praising the Lamb. And that makes a whole lot more sense. Wouldn't it be depressing to go to heaven and have to watch what's going on down here? I mean, I guess if you've got an inflated opinion of yourself, you might think, wow, they'd, be, they'd love to sit and just watch my life like reality TV at eternity. I, I pretty much guarantee you that's not what they're doing. A witness is not just an observer. A witness is also someone who testifies to something. Think of a courtroom. When they call the witness to the stand, it's not so the witness can sit there and watch the proceedings. It's, it's because the witness has something to say that relates to the case at hand. And so this great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 12, I don't think they're watching us. I think they're instructing us. And it's not that they're shouting sermons from the sky. It's that their life is an example and a testimony to the fact that as we run the Christian race, we ought to follow the instructions that God laid out because it always leads us to the right place. Their lives and their record and their report. By it, the elders obtained a good report. Their report testifies to the truth that's found in Hebrews eleven six that God rewards those who diligently seek him. Okay, the elders obtained a good report by faith, and we have the report. And this morning, we're reading the report, and we are to glean confidence in God and a well-placed faith in his promise because he's always kept his promises. All right, now, let me finish with this thought this morning. Imagine that you were able and God made your life and your actions and your decisions a matter of eternal record 
in his word. Imagine that you were Enoch or you were Noah or you were Abraham or you were Sarah or you were Isaac or you were Joseph or you were. What if your life were reported on in the Bible? Would you obtain what verse two calls a good report? Would there be any faith to encourage those who are following you? Wow, look at, look at Malachi's life. It is a testimony to the fact that those who act out on the promises of God never live to regret it. Would there be obedience that is based on confidence in what God has said? Now, God does keep records. There, now, thank God, none of our lives are going to be recorded in the Bible for everybody to read through all eternity. But God's keeping records. The Bible says the books were open. The Bible says Malachi 3, that a book of remembrance was written. The Bible says the book of Psalm, in my book were all my members written. Psalm says God has all of our tears in a bottle. So, so there is record keeping that is going on. I wonder, what is your report? Have you obtained a good Report, all right? Some of you know what a report card is. And then some of you are homeschooled. For those who are unfamiliar with the concept, a report card is where your teachers try to tell your parents about how you're doing in school, all right? What kind of grades you're making in your classes. When I was in school... A long time ago, there was a section on the report card for your behavior. <laughs> that made for some interesting conversations and experiences. Okay? But what if this morning, what if this morning you had a spiritual report card? What if every quarter we sent home a record for your parents? Of the progress you are making in your courses in life. Now, we're not going to do that. But I'm going to let you think about that, okay? Let me, let me hand out a spiritual report card. I have not filled this out. But I would challenge you to fill this out this morning. The subjects on the report card, take one pass it down. Bible reading. What kind of grade do you get? Prayer. How great you get. Witnessing. How great you get. Love for God. How do you grade out this morning? Attitude. Try to make it an honest assessment. Family relationships. What do I mean by that? What do you want to say? What I mean by that is, how do you relate to your parents? How's your relationship with mom and dad? <coughs> Friendships. The Bible has a lot to say about that. Do we have any extras down at either end? One extra. Excellent. Friendships. What about purity? That's important. What do I mean by purity? Purity of heart, purity of mind, purity of thought, purity in your 
body, keeping yourself clean. God, God, nobody wants to use a dirty plate, do they? I mean, you want to eat dinner, you need some utensils, you reach in the dishwasher that's not clean and just say, oh, this will work. Nobody does that. It's nasty. You clean it. God wants clean vessels to use. Separation. Just being, being different from the world. How, how do you grade out on these subjects? Explanation. Why did you give yourself the grade that you did, but, but plan for improvement? My teachers... Uh, it seems like would include this. Here's here's what we need to do better. Here's how we need to bring this grade up. Or here's how we need to address this behavior problem. I remember vividly, fourth grade. David is talking and playing too much with Ryan in class. Ryan. It wasn't Ryan McGoigan, but that probably would have been the case. All right. Spiritual report card. Come with me to Second Corinthians chapter thirteen and First Corinthians chapter eleven. Second Corinthians thirteen. And 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Take this home this week. Give us some thought. Give us some time. You don't have to turn it in. But God's got all the records anyway. 2 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 5. 2 Corinthians 13. And verse 5 says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know, not, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Okay, prove your own selves. Examine yourselves. On what basis? Whether you be in the faith. Take stock of your faith in God. How is it evidenced? How is it demonstrated? Is there any proof that you have any? Are you living and walking by faith in these areas. Why should we do that? 1 Corinthians 11, 31. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. It would be better to address the issues that might show up on your report card before they make it there. Like, it'd be, it'd be great for me in fourth grade to have a little advanced warning that my teacher, Mrs. Toon, is going to write that down so I could try to maybe change it before it got home to my parents. Okay? So if we would judge ourselves, God's going to judge us. But if we would judge ourselves first, that judgment would be much less severe. We could work some things out so as to make it not so unpleasant at that time, all right? Hebrews 11, 2, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And that's what we want. We've got all kinds of reason to place faith in God. We've got every reason to obey his word. And then our lives can only add to the body of evidence that others have. Yeah, you'll never regret doing what God Said. Let's pray. Father, help us this morning. Walk by faith. Live by faith. Trust you because we have every reason to do so. Thank you that ours is not a blind faith, but a very credible faith. Thank you that ours is a reasonable faith and our service is reasonable service. God, help us to take you at your word. We love you in Jesus' name and amen.